All right, everybody, welcome to episode 131 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for hanging in there for me. Just a crazy, crazy day or so here uh, in Nashville. Ah, dude, I get it. And trust me, you've done it for me in the past. We're uh, we're not just co-hosts, we are friends. So any anything that you need, I got you. So um, I don't know if you saw any news this week. I didn't really see any news this week. But then today, some interesting uh, some interesting news came through uh, through Sleeper. Uh, it looks like Colin Kaepernick is going to be working out with the Las Vegas yeah. Raiders. Um, any interest? Like, are you like, hey, I got this empty spot at the end of my bench and a super flex. Let me just click Colin Kaepernick over there just in case. Or are you just kind of like, I'm good. What What do you think? Yeah, if I've got an extra roster spot, absolutely. I mean, the guy is uh... – you know, he's not the best, uh, I guess, passer when you look at some of his completion percentage and stuff. But, I mean, the guy is an athlete. Um, you know, it's one of those things, like, I, if I've got a roster spot, sure, I'll take I'll take a guy that's shown he can play at that level. He can run. He can get points with his legs. And, uh, you know, I personally, I'm, uh, I'm a fan of the guy. I'd like to see him get another shot and see if he can do something. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to drop, a, you know, a rookie that I'm excited about or, you know, if I'm in a premium, I'm not going to drop a, you know, a Dulcich or somebody like that just to add him. It, it would have to be, you know, the guy at the end of my fifth round, maybe that uh, it's a toss up there. But if I've got room, sure, why not? What about you? So b- before we go into my opinion about it, I have a question. So you said you're not going to going to drop a rookie that maybe you had high hopes for. So I want to bring up a name just because this name came up in the uh, in the FTC. And if you're wondering what the FTC is, that's a fantasy timeline chat. A lot of great people in there. A lot of, uh, a, lot, a lot of people that just love to talk dynasty or very uh, smart when they talk about dynasty. And the name that got brought up was Sam Howell. So if you drafted Sam Howell, probably with like a third round pick and a super flex, are you dropping him for the maybe hope that Colin Kaepernick looks good? Maybe doesn't get signed by the Raiders, but maybe gets signed in a backup role by someone else that uh, maybe has a little bit more of a tenuous uh, quarterback situation. Or are you sticking with uh, Sam Howell and just just rolling with it? Uh, I, I think if I've got Sam Howell, I think there's a, a path to get there whether it's injury, whether it's Wentz Wensing again in the first few weeks. So, no, I I probably would keep Howell over Kaepernick. Um, I mean, I'm fine seeing if you can move Howell in a package or something. You want to free up a spot and try to get some value. Maybe you get a, another third-round pick next year um, or a couple of thirds or something like that, and then you can add a spot for, for Kaepernick if you want to make that trade off. But you should get some value if you're going to move. Sam Howell, because, you know, he's, I get it. Uh, Justin, who's in that chat, is pretty opinionated on 
uh, you know, fifth round quarterbacks, not really getting a shot unless, you know, there's injury ahead of them. And I don't know that I'm one to call a lot of guys injury prone, but if, uh, if there's a combination of a guy that's had his issues and a home field that has taken down a quarterback or two, Carson Wentz is in that spot. So, uh, all that to say, no, I would probably keep Sam Howell, um, over uh, a Colin Kaepernick. And, uh, I brought that up, like I said, that that was brought up in the in the timeline chat, and it it's funny because I I never thought I would have to defend the honor of uh, Sam Howell, um, but it it seemed to be controversial when I said that uh, there was a way for Sam Howell to beat out Carson once. I didn't realize that there was still. Um, a wide variety of, of love for Carson Wentz, who is playing on a worse team than he did last year, and excited about having him last year. But hey, it is what it is. Let's go back to Con Kaepernick, though. Um, I, listen, I hope I hope every person in the NFL. I don't I don't care if they are the first overall pick. I don't care if they were Mr. Relevant. These guys have worked their whole lives to get to where they are. It's a dream of theirs. And obviously Colin Kaepernick still wants to still wants to do this because if he didn't, he wouldn't waste time working out for uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. But do I want him on my, on my fantasy team? No. I mean, he's been out of the league for five seasons now. Yeah, 16 was his last one. And, you know, we liked him because he was mobile, he could move around, uh, was a decent enough passer. But, man, I mean, we talk about guys who miss a season due to injury or miss a season due to, um, you know, suspension or something like that. And we kind of, project where they'll be in the following season and it's usually like uh, you know that one season off is going to take you know some value off it's not gonna you know it's not going to be as good as we remember it and now we're talking about five years <sighs> give me you know you meant you mentioned you know greg dull shit you know give me you know the uh Vilas jones if you like him charlie kolar you know just give me those guys you know what Nine out of ten times, those guys are going to go up in flames, and you're going to drop them. But I, I would rather take the ten percent chance or less on some of those guys than. I mean, we wouldn't want uh, we wouldn't want Kaepernick on the Raiders because you know the only way he's really going to get time is if Derek Carr gets hurt and maybe, you know, let's face it, no matter where he goes, it's probably the only way he's going to get time. But yeah, I'm just kind of like, you know, somebody will pick him up and, and that's cool. And listen, I've been wrong plenty of times before. Maybe Colin Kaepernick, you know, he gets into a situation and injury happens and he goes out and he balls and, you know, I will come on here and say, Hey, I was wrong. But I think the odds of that happening are probably lower than, you know, that fourth or fifth round pick you took on a guy that you like that maybe has some traits and ended up in a good situation. So, um, but, but I love the fact that we can both kind of explain our side of the story here and then, you know, 
everybody can decide for themselves, you know, do they lean more towards my way of thinking or do they lean more towards, you know, your way of thinking, Drew, and just saying, hey, listen, if I got an end of the bench, you know, spot open or, you know, I can drop, you know, like you said, a fourth or a fifth round pick that I just kind of took because I had to and couldn't get rid of that pick. Um, go for it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? He doesn't, he doesn't latch on anywhere. August comes, maybe even week one comes, you cut him, and some rookie that no one's even talking about is kind of flashing in, in OTAs and minicamp and preseason, and you pick that guy up, you know? So yep. it, it, it's really a, uh, a no-risk, you know, maybe low-to-mid reward situation with Colin Kaepernick. And at the end of your bench, it's kind of all you're hoping for. So, yeah. Um, we had a little bit, little bit of news to talk about. It wasn't much. This is the slow time. So usually we just do what we do best. We, we just hit up what we see on the timeline. And, um, man, Tommy Blair, we, gotta, we might have to get him on for an episode because every time we put out the, you know, we put out the, hey, we got a question going on, uh, we do it. So, Trey, we see your question. I want you to hold on, man, because we are going to get to that after this one. But uh, this is from Tommy Blair, FF Tommy B. There is a huge middle tier of running backs around 8 through 20. Which ones are you targeting, if any, to deliver above ADP? This might actually go for a while because I feel like with a, a range of 12, there's probably a couple guys that we're going to feel hit above um, hit above ADP. But Drew, why don't you rapid fire read those out, and we'll kind of pick out yeah. one or two that we each like. Yeah, this is, this is interesting because you started. We're going with DLF May Superflex uh, startup ADP. So I started by running backs here, and starting at number eight is Austin Eckler. Um, so then you go Mixon, Chubb, Henry, Dalvin, J.K. Dobbins, Kamara's at fourteen, kind of right in the middle. Then ETN, Cam Akers, Kenneth Walker. Uh, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and then Antonio Gibson rounds out as number 20. Um, so if we're, if we're bracketing that group at ADP, uh, I, I'll take Aaron Jones at RB19, 100%. That, 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 that's one of the ones that, as you were reading those off, I was just kind of trying to check them off in my head. And uh, that, was, that was one of the ones I had. I, I mean, let's face it, Aaron Rodgers is a great Hall of Fame quarterback. You can like him personally or not like him personally. I don't really care about that. I play fantasy. I don't play, you know, who do I like the most? But who do they have? Christian Watson. All right, like, we think he's going to be good, but that dude's never played in the NFL. Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins. I I mean, um, Amari Rodgers. Okay, like, are, are you really like, and, and don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers will probably make one of those guys a decent, you know, maybe mid to low, uh, low end RB, or excuse me, wide receiver too. But who, which one? Is it Alan Lazard? Because he, cause he has the, the most uh, chemistry with him. Is it Christian Watson? Because maybe he's the most talented, you know, is it Sammy Watkins because he scores 50 points week one and that's all he needs for the rest of the season? We just, we don't know. So um, 
that that running game is going to be in full effect. And Aaron Jones, by the way, we were talking about the running game, but Aaron Jones likes to catch those passes from Aaron Rodgers. Like, yes, he does. Like, and don't get me wrong, AJ Dillon is going to be involved. This is not a you know Aaron Jones better than AJ Dillon rant, but when when they're down at the goal line, I remember oh God, I can't remember who they were playing. But the week that Aaron Jones had like four receiving touchdowns and they were all right there, right? Maybe I think it might have been right there, right around the goal line. Every time they were there, it was just a pass to to Aaron Jones touchdown. And he, you know, Aaron Jones is probably the receiver, quote unquote, that Aaron Rodgers feels the most confident about right now. So, um. 19 is criminal. Another one, and we do it every year, and you and I talk about it every year. Bill and I have talked about it. David Montgomery. We we love to hate. uh, He is the Kirk Cousins of running backs. (laughs) Like, you're always like, this dude stinks. We don't like him. And then he's like a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. And then we forget about it. And then during the offseason, we go, this guy stinks. And we do, we just like, we're in this groundhog day loop. I don't know if uh, David Montgomery was on your radar. Maybe there was somebody else in that group that you um, were thinking about. Yeah, I think uh, most of us, uh, I know you and I typically play in PPR league. So I think that's why I jumped to Aaron Jones first. Yes, David Montgomery in that range is very, very good value for me. Um, and then uh, I'm actually gonna go a little lower here. Cause it's funny. You mentioned AJ Dillon. He's going to RB 23. Uh, and then, uh, somebody who I think is kind of in that Montgomery camp, Josh Jacobs is at RB 24. Uh, you know, you go further down that list, you've got so many options. So I think depending on how your draft is going, you talk about, you know, running backs in the dead zone between like the, was that the third and the eighth rounds or somewhere in there. Uh, you got some guys that you could really wait on to here. Like, you know, Zeke. At RB26 right now in May ADP. Criminal. Criminal. Are you kidding me? Um, and then you got Tony Pollard, who's his running mate at RB30. Kareem Hunt at RB32. Uh, Miles Sanders, somebody who came out of the draft relatively unscathed, right? Uh, we'll see what their offense does this year down at uh, RB29. So it's uh, it's wild to see the, the running back landscape shift after having so many years of consistency of Henry, CMC, Kamara, Girly for a couple of years, right? So um, unless you really, really are passionate about going and getting Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, a Najee, a Javante, maybe a Brees Hall in top five to eight, there is a lot of good, good talent down there to wait on. And you can load up on that, that wide receiver talent. You want to go and get Kyle Pitts early. You want to get Mark Andrews early. So you have a lot of options uh, as, as we go into this year, it looks like. And it's funny you brought up Zeke because I don't normally do this, but but I am going to uh, plug a podcast that I was on yesterday, actually, uh, Commissioner Evaluation. You can search it on YouTube. And I had the honor of talking about uh, the Dallas Cowboys and what they were going to do for fantasy. And uh, it was an it was an NFC East talk. So I said, you know, listen, we all say Zeke ain't got it no more. Zeke can't do it. But Zeke has been an RB1 since 2016. Like, 2016 seems like 42 years ago. But in those 42 years, Zeke has been an RB1 every year. So 
listen, it's not going to be pretty. It's, it's not going to make you feel good every game. But he plays almost every game, if not every game, and he just consistently grinds to that RB1. I don't think this year will be any different. So you said RB26. That, that is just criminal. Unreal. Um, and I need to in, send some offers. I, I, listen, in, in a league that we play in, in the, clan, in the classiest dynasty league that we play in, yeah, I was pretty pissed when I saw that. I missed an opportunity there. And, and by the way, I reached out. Or or actually, I'm sorry, I didn't reach out. That was proposed to me. 205 Stupid. in a 14 team league. Stupid. For Ezekiel Elliott. And I I looked and listen, Zeke has been good for the last couple of years, but he's been known to get himself in trouble. I had to check it out on, you know, Google just to make sure he didn't fight nobody. He didn't do something he wasn't supposed to do. Everything was just like, yeah, Zeke feeling good. Zeke in the best shape of his life. I'm like, okay, the normal offseason stuff. I clicked accept. I don't even know who was taken. I don't care because guess what? In 2022, whoever that person is, is not going to be better than Zeke. So I will take my win where I can take my win. And I'm going to go with it. Now I need to know. So there, there you go, Tommy. There's a bunch even outside of the top twenty that we're looking at. Like, hey, if you want to grab these guys, they're gonna, they're probably gonna outperform their ADP. But let's let's hit uh, Trey up here because Trey has been waiting patiently for us. Uh, redraft. So this is cool because we do like to do redraft. You know, we we um, drew your in uh, SFB twelve, which is a redraft league, the biggest redraft league in the world. So. Um, this is for Trey. Redraft uh, says half slash full PPR. I don't know what that means, but we're just we'll go with it anyway. Adam Thielen or Brandon Ayuk. So let's tackle this one first before we get to part two. You're doing a redraft thing. Is it Adam Thielen or is it Brandon Ayuk? Thielen for me. What? Now you you gave an exhale there. Was that an exhale of you can't believe this question was asked, or was it was it tough? Were you battling which way? You uh, I think it's it, it's tough initially because uh, I typically live in the dynasty mindset. So I think there's that idea that you know does Ayuk have longer term value? But we're talking redraft, so uh, I want a guy that has the trust of his quarterback, and we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation in San Francisco. Uh, Again, we don't know what's going to happen with Debo. Could he get traded by then? Sure. Could it be the Ayuk and Kittle show? I guess. Um, but no, I, I think Thielen has consistently over the last few years been a red zone target. Uh, he, he's just good at what he does. He's a, a master at his craft. And uh, while everybody's having to double team Justin Jefferson, you know, load the box up on Dalvin Cook, I will take uh, the Wiley vet Adam Thielen to win some good one-on-one matchups and probably be you know a wide receiver too most weeks yeah uh, you struggle with it a little bit it is so easy for me this is adam Thielen. listen adam Thielen is kind of like madonna he he has he has been fantasy relevant in so many different ways do you need him to get you 120 receptions he he's done that before do you need him to get you double touchdowns He's done that before. He just finds a way to always be fantasy relevant. And we look at Adam Thielen and we go, man, he's old. He's busted. 
Justin Jefferson's on the other side. Guess what? Defenses are like, we got to stop Justin Jefferson. We have to stop Dalvin Cook. If Irv Smith can stay healthy, maybe we got to stop Irv Smith too. And they're like, look at this old man Adam Thielen over here just limping around. He's got his walker out. And then he just gets out on the field and he just he does his thing. Ayuk, man, we saw last year that when everyone is healthy, shenanigans, Shanahanigans himself says it's George Kittle, it's Debo Samuel, and it's our running game. And that's that's how we want to funnel this offense. And listen, Brandon Ayuk, you had your 15 minutes of fame a couple years ago, but you're just you're hoping for an injury with Brandon Ayuk, and that's not the way I in redraft or in dynasty. That's not the way I like to uh, pick players. So, yeah, go with Thielen. Now, let's hit part two here: Amari Cooper or Terry McLaurin. I think this one is going to be maybe a little bit more of a head scratcher for us. Um, I'll go first. I, I'll go with Amari Cooper, man. Um, obviously, this is not knowing if and how much of a suspension Deshaun Watson is going to get. Um, obviously, subject to change if the league comes out in June or July, like it's been reported, and says uh, Deshaun Watson is out for uh, the entire season. Okay, we're going to reassess, because that, that means it's Jacoby Brissett, and while he's a fine backup... <laughs> 17 games of uh, Jacoby Brissett to Amari Cooper doesn't do it for me. But right now, assuming, you know, I think it's still, and everybody has an opinion, but I still think it's going to be in that six games range. You know, um, I'll go with Cooper um, over McLaurin. I just like the quarterback better. I like the actually the entire team better than what Terry McLaurin has. Terry McLaurin's great, but... There is a there are a lot of question marks around Terry McLaurin and really the big one around Amari Cooper is the quarterback. Uh, what do you think here, Drew? Yeah, I think I'm with you because I mean we could have Terry McLaurin with maybe six games of Carson Wentz. Two of them could be terrible, and then it could be another eleven weeks of Sam Howell. Right. <laughs> so um, I think there's similar risk in there. Uh, I think for the beginning of the season, yeah, McLaurin's probably safer. So if you're trying to contend or try to get off to a hot start, then Maybe you take the McLaurin side here, but uh, yeah, I will take the upside of Cooper with potential of uh, Deshaun Watson, hopefully throwing him the ball in the weeks that matter for us in fantasy. So if he's gone for six to eight weeks, that's fine. Uh, That means Watson should be hitting his stride around week 12, 13, 14. um, And I I will take that through the playoffs. Yeah. So, here we got another one here from from our man Steve Dennis, and he had to uh, he had to back out. But I I do want to answer his question, so when he catches the replay, um, we can talk about it. He said, "Oh, weird," and that that was a uh, kind of a joke from the FTC. He uh, he originally put uh, Naomi. What do you think? There, you know, autocorrect got me. I I don't uh, I don't talk about. Uh, David and Joku that much, so it autocorrected to Naomi for some reason. But um, what do you think about that contract extension uh, that uh, that David and Joku got? Are you excited? We just got done talking about um, the Browns and their team overall. We pretty much like uh, 
everybody on that team. Uh, does Ninjoku staying there for a while make you happy? Is it just like tight end is a tight end is a tight end? Um, what do you think about this one? Uh, I've been a sucker for Njoku for a while. Uh, I think his athleticism uh, has definitely drawn me in, and especially in that position where uh, the metrics tend to show that the the high athletic score guys have a better shot of being, you know, difference makers at the position. So uh, I like it. I don't know what would have changed. because It seemed like he was kind of in no man's land. He got injured for a season, uh, but it, it didn't seem like he was very much in, in the center of their plans. So uh, I don't know that that that'll change a whole lot here, but you know, if it's Watson throwing to him now, uh, I, that helps me like him a little bit more. Uh, so I'm definitely holding on to him to see, uh, you know, what happens and depending on what I can get him for, especially in some tight end premium leagues, you know, I'll, I'll throw some, some thirds out there and see if anybody wants to part ways and let me take on some of that uh, unknown. But I think in general, I, that makes me feel a little better for the teams that I do have. And I'm, he's a lot safer from being cut uh, if something needs to happen in the next few months. Yeah. And it's interesting because we have always been, um, We've been looking at this tight end situation for the Browns for a little bit. And last year it was Austin Hooper. It was David Njoku. It was Harrison Bryant. And it was just a mess. We didn't like any of them all that much. And then there are three of them. They get rid of Austin Hooper. They, uh, they cut him. He is, where is he now? He's in Tennessee now. He's a he is a Titan now, tighten up. So um he's there. And now it's kind of Harrison Bryant. Listen, we we liked him for like 15 minutes in the offseason, but I don't think that there's gonna be a lot of 12 personnel being run in Cleveland with, you know, they have Amari Cooper. They still have Donovan Peoples Jones. They drafted David Bell. They have Kareem Hunt for now. Don't know what's going to happen in that situation. They have a lot of people that can catch the ball. So I can't imagine uh, seeing a high percentage of 12 personnel being run out there. So David Njoku is going to be the starter. He's going to be the main person out there. But I I unfortunately loved David Njoku. And then I, I don't love him anymore. It, it was a very... Toxic relationship. I drafted him in a lot of places. He hasn't paid off ever. Uh, So, yeah, to you know, but like Drew said, you have probably maybe after the extension, his value bumps up a little bit. But maybe you you have you have a buy low window if you are still on Drew's side and you like the uh, the upside. That's the word I'm looking for. The upside. So, see what you can do. Maybe what would you what would you trade for David and Joku? Uh, I would probably go as high as a twenty three third, especially if it's a tight end premium. Um, and I think if if Watson, if uh, once we get the decision there, and if uh, you know we see the first few games, he'll be out. I think you'll have another buy low window. Um, so I think you can wait for another dip if you want to get him. So. 
if you want to get them now, you probably, I would be willing to go there, but I think I'm going back a couple of weeks too. I'm okay to be patient for a few months or even, you know, a few weeks and see what the news is. And yeah, maybe I'll get them for a fourth instead, a 23 fourth. Um, or, you know, again, another end of my bench guy and great. Maybe I took Sam Howell and he's my sixth quarterback and I'll, I'll make that swap. Um, right. So I think there's a lot of options there that you could, you could uh, get a deal done and not feel like you have to give very much up to get there. And then again, same thing. Do I feel better about Njoku's prospects? I think he has a longer term potential. You know, he, he could be, he could still be relevant in two or three seasons where I, I don't know that I have a lot of faith in Sam Howell being relevant beyond a few games this year so very true very true and i like i like the way you map that out if you just need david and joker on your team right now you can trade that third but if there's a, a six or an eight week suspension for uh deshaun watson and shakobi Brissett, and you're seeing you know two for 15 you know three for 45 and it's like uh, David and Joku's just doing David and Joku things again. You can kind of knock on someone's door and say, "Hey, I got a fourth. You want to get rid of that David and Joku that's getting you no points?" And there's probably a lot of people that'll be like, "Yeah, hey, you know what? I don't want to wait four more weeks. I don't want to wait six more weeks. Four, maybe. Not, not even yeah. a, a a definite. This is a maybe. Once Deshaun Watson comes back." And, you know, we can always make the argument that Deshaun Watson, you know, and maybe a, a stat person will tell me wrong. Don't ever really remember him using the tight end uh, at a high clip. Now, I, in his defense, they never had a tight end worth using in Houston. So um, that could be it as well. But we – Yeah, I, I think you should get towards August, right? You know, you're going to have roster cutdowns for Dynasty Leagues. Does somebody really want to drop David and Joker or do they want that fourth round pick next year? I you mean, know, I, would, I, I would take the fourth for, I mean, if Njoku is the last guy that I have to cut and I'm looking around, everyone else on my team is pretty good. David and, you know, maybe I have kind of like a Mark Andrews and maybe I drafted Trey McBride this right. year and I have, trying to think of maybe I have Austin Hooper as a you know a low-end guy that could maybe do something in Tennessee and Njoku is my four or I perceive him to be my four yeah in that situation do I need that many tight ends especially if we're talking maybe even in a non-tight end premium mm -hmm. oh man I you know I drop this guy or maybe drop this you know fourth round or fifth round round wide receiver that I really like a guy that nobody was talking about and you come to me and say hey how about this fourth i'll be like hey let's do it it's 2023 i'm sure i can i'll be able to mid-season package two fourths for a third or you know maybe i'm in contention and i need those two fourths to get a uh a quarterback that was on the waiver wire and the starter got injured and he's playing now and i'm i'm desperate at quarterback some kind of situation like that so i, I like that that's a it's a really good point you made there. All right, so let's move to the to the next tweet. This is from Kevin Godwin at Evil Empire underscore FF. Call your shot. Where does Julio land? This is this is so much fun. And maybe not even call your personal shot, but 
call your call your fantasy shot. Where would you like to see Theo end up? Retirement. Oh, oh, so hurtful. So <laughs> I, hurtful to Julio. Uh, Julio I, I loved watching Julio as he had his career. I, I remember him coming out in that rookie year and I think his first touchdown was just a ridiculous 45-yard bomb over the top, splitting the splitting the DVs and, and catching it, falling in the end zone, and you just knew he was special. Uh, but all things come to an end, and you know, I, I think he had a shot last year in Tennessee. It would have been exciting to see flashes of vintage Julio across from AJ Brown, but um, yeah, I just don't. I don't think he's got it anymore, and I don't know that. I can't think of a system or a place off the top of my head where he would be able to carve out a meaningful spot where I would be starting him most weeks. You know, I, I think there's a lot of leagues where he's probably hanging on to the, the end of the bench. And I guess it's one of those, like, would I rather have David and Joker or Julio Jones at the end of my bench right now? Uh, if it's a tight end premium, I'm probably taking David and Joker. And uh, I might trade Julio. Cause maybe I think I can get a third for Julio instead of getting a fourth for Njoku. That's a good point. That's and, good uh, point. So I yeah, uh, personally, I I don't know that there are too many places that he lands that it would excite me enough. I still got him hanging on, clinging on to a couple of benches. I think one of them was actually maybe the Superflex Army, one of my Superflex Army leagues, and uh, with Bill, I think it's regular the first Superflex Army league where we were contenders last year. It's just hoping again, maybe he can fill in for a bye week or two. But uh, at this point, I I hope he goes somewhere where maybe he could be a part of something good. Um, so I hope he goes to a contender, uh, not for fantasy, but for real, real life. All right. So I got, I, I got an idea here because obviously you kind of look around the league and, and you're like, man, where could he go where he maybe could be something? What if he follows Matt Ryan? to Indianapolis. We love Michael Pittman, not me personally, but a lot of the community loves Michael Pittman. And, and maybe Michael Pittman makes that jump this year. Well, what's what's next to Michael Pittman? Alex Pierce? All right, cool, but we don't know what he can do. We don't know if he's anything in the league. Maybe he, you know, has a little bit of that fountain of youth that Matt Ryan is drinking out of. Great offensive line, good run game. Maybe that's where Julio can revive at least for a year. The thing about Julio is Julio has got to stay healthy. And it, it doesn't matter where you are. You know, we could... We can name all 32 teams, but if he's not healthy, you know, what do you do? I, I think I think Indianapolis is kind of the best mixture of not a really deep wide receiver room, but a really good team otherwise that maybe Julio could, I could thrive in if he stays healthy. But Again, it's a big if he stays healthy. I think I have one share of Julio. It actually in the in the classiest dynasty league. <laughs> and right now my you know, sleeper will allow me to keep, you know, the extra three guys that I have on my team until obviously, you know, game start. So I got Julio. I'll see where he lands. 
you know, if he's a if he's still a free agent before I have to set lineups for week one, maybe I gotta say adios to you know Julio. Have a nice day. We we had our laughs, uh, but you know that that's where it's at. So if, that may not be my that may not be my prediction of you know where I actually think he lands, but I think for fantasy that might be the place that's best for him. I'm not going to lie, and, and this isn't a homer thing. I wouldn't be shocked to see him end up in Dallas because that's just a Jerry Jones-type move. Like, hey, like Julio Jones was good like four years ago. Let's sign him. It'll, you know, uh, it'll get us headlines and it'll, you know, do this kind of stuff. And then, you know, he's either wide receiver four on that team once Michael Gallup gets back or, um, you know, in that final round of cuts, you know. but. Um, that that would be a place where it really wouldn't shock me. And I'm not saying that that's the best place for him or that's where he should go, but that just seems like such a, a Jerry Jones move to <laughs> grab a couple headlines, you know, probably in, you know, late June, early J- July when, you know, nobody is really talking about football where, you know, maybe training camp has just started before uh, the first episode of Hard Knocks comes out, that's going to be fun this year. Hard Knocks <laughs> in Detroit, let's in Detroit. Go. Oh, let's go! I hope uh, I hope we see a a cameo from uh, Bill at Super Duperflex, just <laughs> me mugging with Motor City uh, Dan Campbell there. But uh, <laughs> that that's going to be that's him. Oof, that's he's going to be the star of that show. It's not going to be a player. It's yeah, not going to be, be awesome. you know. It, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, let, let's move it on. It's actually interesting. I'm bringing this one up because I've seen a lot of this player on the timeline today, and I don't know if he did something or he was just the player of the day. But this is from Mason W at Mason W1422. Darnell Mooney will be a top 15 wide receiver this year. His upside is incredible based on opportunity alone. So, Darnell Mooney. We've had this, like, secret love affair with Darnell Mooney. Like, we like him, but we don't like him enough to, like, up into, like, that top 10, top 12. Mason is saying top 15, though. What do you think about that? Can Darnell Mooney be a top 15 wide receiver in 2022? Man, uh, let's see here. Uh, based on opportunity, sure. He doesn't have a whole lot of doesn't have a whole lot of competition uh, this year, but let's see. You don't like uh you don't like old Velas Jones there? <laughs> I'm hey, I'm being serious. I, I think the dude is, is can be just fine as the number two wide receiver. We'll see. Uh, what about Cole Komet? Uh, I do like Cole Komet. Uh, he's a guy that I've I've definitely tried to package into some some deals that I've gotten over the last year or so. Uh, let me see here. So if we're looking at wide receivers just for this last year, never mind the rookie class coming in. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out veterans. And while you're looking, while you're looking that up, he was 
in half point PPR, he was wide receiver 24, according to, to uh, fantasy pros. Okay. So that's where, that's where he, and, and that's total points. That's not points per game. We, you know, we can get into that debate offline if people really want to get into, into it. Cause there's, Pros and cons to both. Yeah. So but, you said he uh, ended up uh, wide receiver twenty two based on twenty four points. Twenty four. Okay. Yep. In half point PPR. Man, in half point. Okay. So full point. He's probably he's probably similar. He's in that top twenty five range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that means he's got to jump guys like Hollywood Brown this year. He's gonna. He's probably gonna have a big first six weeks. He would have to jump over guys like. CD Lamb. He ain't doing that. Uh, he would be living in the na- moving into the neighborhood of a DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, Chris Godwin. I don't see him jumping any of those guys. Michael Pittman. He could jump Michael Pittman. Um, and that and that's yo. So he's jumped one guy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and this is assuming guys like maybe Hunter Renfro drops out of the top top ten this year. He doesn't sure. have that same year, so he sure. could drop down. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, if Brady's still got it and Mike Evans is still his guy. Okay, let's stop that. He's that man. That man will have it to the day he dies. I don't know what he does. I, he drinks plants and, and eats trees or whatever. He, he's figured it out. He had it last year. I can't believe. Yeah, he had what a a forty one day retirement. Um, fine, he he still got it. I'm not Mike Evans is you know another guy who's disrespected every year and he just he's not passing Mike Evans. Darnell Mooney, in order to get in the top fifteen, would have to surpass one Deontay Johnson. Stop this! Stop it! Stop! He's not passing Deontay. <laughs> Not not even not even Mitch Trubisky can hold Deontay back <laughs> that far. I mean, look what he did with Ben Roethlisberger, who could throw the ball like three yards. Uh, he's still a top what top twelve guy. So yeah. come on. stop, stop. Uh, I I like Darnell Mooney. I think he definitely. Uh, I hope Justin Fields takes a step forward this year. There's not a lot of optimism there based on what the the Bears look like they've done as an organization, but. You know, I, I think could Darnell Mooney flirt with the top 20? Could he crack the top 20? I think that's definitely possible. Will he have weeks where he's a, a, a top 10 or 15 wide receiver? I think you could have a couple of those weeks. You know, a couple of weeks when, you know, Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup are on by. Yeah. Uh, but as far as where he'll end in either, either way you measure it, points per game or total points in the season – I think somewhere around 18 or so is probably his ceiling, and that's if a lot of things go right for the Bears and Justin Fields this year. Um, I think Mooney's going to be the type of player that he he will be the most valuable he'll ever be on your roster. I don't think you'll ever get the value you think you should get for him, and you will most likely. I, I actually, you know, I don't. I won't say most likely. I think it's it's more likely that you will be able to get him undervalued if mm-hmm. you're trying to add depth on your wide receiver. Um, group, I think he he is a, a fine guy. Again, you got to know who you're working with in your leagues, but I think he is a guy that you could probably get uh, at a value uh, going into this year. Um, so if you want, again, another young guy who could potentially you know be a flex play for you for a, few, a couple more years, could be a, a bye week filler for a few more years. 
I like him. I, I think he, he play he outplays his size, uh, which I love seeing scrappy guys like that. So, uh, but yeah, I think top 15 is, you know, that, that is a, a really small percentage chance that he, that the universal lines for him to get there. Yeah. I mean, you said you hope uh, Justin Fields takes a step forward. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen because if he takes a step forward, he is uh, walking into that terrible offensive line and that could be trouble. I need him to take lots of steps. He's going to need all the space he can possibly get. Um, the, the Bears, they, they like Justin Fields enough to use two first-round picks to move up to get him, but they don't like him enough to build that offensive line or use – multiple draft picks on wide receivers that can actually play football or hire an offensive minded head coach. It's just, I just see another year of us saying what if about Justin Fields. And I hate that because I love him so much. Uh, If you know me and you listen to this show, you know, I was telling people I wouldn't be shocked if at the end of the day, he was, the better NFL quarterback over Trevor Lawrence. But this team has done nothing to help them out. And maybe, you know, there's still some guys out there. There's, you know, you have your Cole Beasley's that are still free agents. Maybe they want to attack the, you know, the final round of cuts when those happen and see if any, wide receivers come out of there that are interesting, maybe get cut for cap reasons or whatever the case may be, and maybe pick up those guys. But, man, you know, it's so funny because if they had a first round, first rounder to trade, maybe they could have gotten A.J. Brown. And then we're we're having a totally different conversation. We're talking, but right now we're talking Darnell Mooney, Velas Jones. And we have to remember too, as much as we hated on Allen Robinson last year, at least part of the season, defenses were keen in on him in the past game. They weren't looking at now Darnell Mooney, unless something big happens uh, between now and then he's going to be the number one wide receiver. He's going to be the guy that defenses focus on it in the passing game. And that could be, you know, that could limit opportunity as well. So uh, we got to look at that, but that that's a good question. I saw someone else actually say that uh, Darnell Mooney could be top 12, which I was like, uh, our DAP network brother, Rocky, uh, he jumped in on, on that one and was like, listen, I'll give it like a 3% chance, but <laughs> that's you're, high. you're asking for a lot coming out of, you know, out of Darnell Mooney. So, and, and that's the problem. When we see guys we believe have a lot of talent but haven't come close to proving it yet, it's kind of like we got to, you know, yeah, you can build a narrative about how they get there, but what are the realistic possibilities of that narrative? You know, at least, you know, a guy like CeeDee Lamb, I think he was wide receiver 14 or 15 last year. All right, that's pretty close to, you know, wide receiver 12, (laughs) you know, you can build a narrative now that Amari Cooper is out of there, you know, okay, he's the number one, he's going to be a wide receiver one, but 
bringing a guy from literally the back end of wide receiver two and saying he can be a high wide receiver two or even a wide receiver one. I mean, it's almost like I got to see it to leave it. So we'll see. Maybe we're talking this time next year and we're talking about how wrong we were about Darnell Mooney, but I'm not seeing it right now. <laughs> All right. This, uh, this next one here is from Stace the Ace at Stace Master 21. He is a big time contender. Would you trade away Brace? Brace. Let's try this again. Brees Hall for King Henry himself and DeAndre Hopkins. What do you what do you like on here? Do you like the old grizzled veterans, or are you looking at that nice shiny new toy who should dominate the uh, dominate the the backfield for the New York Jets? What do you who do you like here? I like Brees Hall. Um, I guess if if it's a matter of like filling out your roster or getting the depth that you think you need, uh, I I definitely could see moving him for Henry and Hopkins. I think a month ago, if you had said, "Would you take Henry and Hopkins for the 101?" I would definitely think about that. Um, I I am not a fan of Derrick Henry uh, moving forward. I know he's had, you know, just a couple of monstrous seasons here. And Hopkins, we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens there um, after the suspension. So I would personally roll the dice on keeping Brees Hall and then see if I could trade to fill a need somewhere once the season starts, if I really felt like I needed some wide receiver depth. Yeah, so I am definitely... I think, I mean, if I'm a contender, I, I, I got to be on the old veteran side. And do you? this know? is, yeah, well, let's think about this here. If you, and, you know, a lot of times we say we're big time contenders and we're not really big time contenders. So I'm assuming that you are looking at this team. Maybe you were in the championship last year. You got the 101 through a trade, obviously, because, you know, unless you do some kind of wacky, draft ordering, you know, a team that made it to the finals last year is not going to have the one-on-one. So Brees Hall, year one with the Jets, could he be amazing? Absolutely, he could be amazing. Could he be average? Could he be like RB, as we were talking earlier, 15-16? That's a possibility too. Now, if I'm sitting here and I go, I'm definite, go on paper right now, no injuries. I was in the finals last year. I got a guy who has shown us, yeah, he's coming off injury, but he's shown us he can be one of the most dominant running backs in the league. And I'm not saying, hey, Derrick Henry, you know, top three RB, but does does he does he shoot you in the foot in this trade if he's RB10? And then we go to Hopkins. Now Hopkins is kind of like you gotta wait out that six weeks, and that's gonna be painful, especially if you know Brees Hall does outscore Derrick Henry in the first six weeks. But then when he comes back, I mean, you're looking at what at worst, probably a wide receiver too. 
let's go. Like you just gave me a wide receiver two and probably a running back one. If things go like they've kind of always went and maybe this is the year that they both fall off of a cliff at the same time. I'm a contender. I want guys that I know for sure will score me points. And until they prove otherwise, both of those guys prove year over year they know how to score you points. I Listen, give me that championship. Listen, if those two guys give me a championship and retire, have a joint press conference and retire at the same time, <laughs> and Brees Hall is JT for the next five years, I don't care, man. I won that championship. <laughs> like, I won it. it. It's mine. You can never take it away from me. I will brag about it forever. And I've paid my entry fee into the league probably for the next five years or so. Um, I'm cool with that. I'll go, you know, I'll figure out 2023 where the draft class on a whole, especially at the running back position, is better. And I'll, you know, I'll work some magic to maybe uh, get an extra 23 first so that I can do some things. So that's how I feel about it. But I like, you know, I love Brees Hall. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, we were saying earlier, you know, earlier before rookie drafts, Brees Hall, we don't care if uh, if you're in a super flex, a one QB, you know, you lose 10 points a week. If you got a guy named Brees Hall on your team, you still take Brees Hall one-on-one and and you go with it. So, but in this situation, I saw big time contender. That to me means that like you are, you know, you're a lock for that championship as long as things don't go off the rails. I want I want the the proven product and I'll worry mm. about the uh I can get shiny new toys at any time, but that proven product, <laughs> I like it a lot. So, I I actually like this has been a this has been a good show. You and I have been on uh, opposite sides of the divide on a lot of these things, and that's that's good. I, I mean, we agree a lot too because I think we both have a very similar mindset when we play fantasy. But it's good to hear opposing point of views. You know, when we can really make a case for it, and we're not just doing it to you know to you know just do it. You know, we're not just doing it to make an argument happen. It's good to um to hear both sides of a story because you don't know you know some people are some people are going to be team drew they're going to be like yeah man forget these old guys like i want Brees hall 101 you know you would have had to trade an arm and a leg pre-rookie draft to get the 101 because everyone knows that you know as i always say and you know friend of the show and new dap network brother bobby Cox will argue with me you know this this rookie class ain't that good. And, you know, he'll argue with me about that, but you know, the one hundred and one is is the the prize possession. Well, let, some go ahead. Let me throw this out there. So if I've got Brees Hall, so I've got Brees Hall on a contender in Superflex Army. So I traded yeah. uh, I traded Tua. Good move. Good and move. Two, and the two hundred five ultimately to get to, to get the one hundred and one. Oh, that's a I love that trade for you, okay. man. So. Uh, Made that move to get to the 101. We we lost to Bill's team last year in the championship. So uh, fairly strong contender. Wouldn't say – I think we're a top four team this year for sure. Okay. Uh, I think I'm looking at some of the rosters. Bauer last year – John Bauer actually had a behemoth last year, and uh, we got lucky that he got knocked out in, in the semis. Um, but 
we have Brees Hall because we we traded up for the 101. Okay. Uh, I actually have one DeAndre Hopkins sitting on my bench in suspension right now. But what if so? What if it was Brees Hall and maybe you have multiple seconds in 2023, and you could trade one of those seconds to get a guy like a disrespected Brandon Cooks for the whole season, wow, versus versus moving Brees Hall for Derrick Henry and. 60% of a season of DeAndre Hopkins. First of all, how, how dare you play on my love for Brandon Cooks? <laughs> you know what I'm going to say here. You know what? Uh, the dude should be worth a first everywhere, but he, he has never been in his entire career. Uh, yeah, like I, I'm moving the second. I'm getting Brandon Cooks. I mean, honestly, you could probably ask for like Brandon Cooks and a fourth. And yeah, still get thrown a twenty-three because, second round, right? Because yeah. people hate Brandon Cooks for, again for some unknown reason. Dude just plays well every year, but we hate him. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's multiple ways to skin this cat. I mean, l- let's think about it. We I, I traded a second to get Ezekiel Elliott, I, and I don't think that's a I don't think that's a in 99% of leagues won't happen. And I just happen to be in the one league in the world. Like there's going to be people, especially if you're doing this on the clock. Oh yeah. Like 2022, two whatever for Zeke Elliott. Let's go. Like I'll do that in a heartbeat. You know, there, there are multiple ways to skin this cat, but I think if, you know, it seems like Stace the ace it seems like this is kind of what he has zeroed in on. And I don't think this is a terrible move because I think drew you're echoing the mindset of a lot of dynasty players, which is Derrick Henry. They Tennessee has used and abused him for multiple seasons, finally gets hurt. So now he has to recover from this foot injury. What's that going to look like? DeAndre Hopkins, six-game suspension. So, like you said, you're getting 60 65% of a season. What is that going to look like? But Brees Hall, the Jets, what is that going to look like? I mean, as much as we love him, this isn't a – Saquon Barkley situation coming out. It was just, you know, we all said unless injuries get him, and unfortunately, after that rookie years in, in, in rookie year, excuse me, injuries have got him. But that rookie year, we were like, this dude That's is electric. the best running back in the league. Kind of same thing with Zeke Elliott. We're like, dude, this guy is going to be, you know, coming out. This guy is going to be amazing. Brees Hall, we're like, Brees Hall, we think is very good. And he's the best of a bad class. Like, that, I mean, if we really sit and kind of peel back the layers, we like him. We like him a lot. But I think some of the like is because we don't like everyone else. We're kind of like, we look after Brees Hall and we're like, <sighs> so that that's kind of what we have to, that's what we have to see. And I'm just like, listen, if I'm, like you said, you're, you're a top four team. I don't even know on a top four team if I would do that. I would really have to look at, kind of like you said, John Bauer is a juggernaut. 
I, I would need that kind of juggernaut team to make this move. Yeah. Because even if you're a top four team, top four can be top six just on some fluky wins. Not even injuries, not even, you know, yeah. XYZ quarterback gets benched because he's not playing well. Like it could just be a couple of fluky wins by some teams, and now your top four team is a top six team, and you're like, I just gave him a Brees Hall on this team that, you know. So when I see big time contender, I'm literally thinking like you're looking at your roster and you're like, I got one of the two best rosters in this league and it's not debatable. So besides that, no, I think you, I think you leave those old guys alone and uh, you go with Brees Hall. So as, listen, I, I love it. I love us trying to get each other off of our stances. I, I love the back and forth. It, it just was, I love agreeing with you too, man, but I, I love when we can go back and forth and really just talk about our, you know, our mindset, what we think about this. Um, and and here's, here's one. I, I put this on the show sheet and to pull back the curtain a little bit, I usually like to put trades on the show sheet that are close to 50-50. Obviously, in a perfect world, it would be 50-50. This trade is not, but I kind of want you to explain to me why I'm wrong or maybe why I'm why you think I'm right. So this is from to Utah at Steve Sanders 600. Uh, 12 team super flex dynasty tight end premium PPR. Which side? Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins and Garrett Wilson? So I, I'm going to start this off, and I, I, I said, let's let Russ cook, man. It, it, Russell Wilson, let him cook. Let, let him do his damn thing. Why are we not letting him do his thing? And I clicked the button, and I said, you know what? I, I, I might be in the minority here, even though I thought, honestly, I was going to be in the majority. And then I clicked, and it was 64% to 36 percent and i said wow like not only is this not close it is i mean kind of a landslide for the kirk cousins and garrett wilson side so am i wrong here have i have i missed something is there something that i'm not considering what do you think drew which side of this trade kind of looking at it and seeing it, what what side of this trade would you be on if this was presented to you? Oh, man. Uh, I, I, we're both fans of Garrett Wilson. I think we both had him as our, our favorite wide receiver this year. Yep. Um, situation is a little bit uh, murky and, and probably one of the last places we were hoping he'd land with the Jets in general, you know, being tied to Zach Wilson, competing with Elijah Moore, et cetera, et cetera. Um, cousins, of course, uh, underrated every year. Man, that this is tight. It should definitely be closer than two to one, right? Um, man, that's tough. I I saw this on here, and I I immediately went to Russ Wilson as well. Um, best player in the group, uh, most upside. Has has weapons. We'll see what they let him do this year. 
Um, he's going to have the run game to rely on. He's going to have uh, an incredibly competitive division to be in. I mean, the AFC in general is just stacked. Ooh. So Good luck, I, I think <laughs> I think Wilson is going to have a lot, a lot of three hundred plus yard games with three touchdowns. I think I think he could do that in eight of the seventeen games he plays this year, pretty easily. Yep. Um, and that for me in in fantasy is that's music to my ears. You know, Cousins might have maybe two or three of those games where he has to throw that much to get there. Right. Um, will be a, a great a great QB two on your super flex team because he'll flirt with that QB one range. I mean, the dream would be to have probably Wilson and Cousins, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of I was thinking the same thing. The value you could get at other positions, and we just don't know what's going to happen with Garrett Wilson. As much as I love him as a prospect, um, I think you can get him cheaper during the season. You know, we'll see what happens with that Jets offense, and we'll see if people again if they're going to be impatient with him. Uh, if the Jets offense starts to crumble, if it turns into more of a maybe it is going to be more of a Brees Hall show with you know maybe Robert Saleh uh, figures out the defensive side of it this year and they start to compete in games that are you know 17 16 2017 and there's not a whole lot of touchdowns to go around so uh, that's just a long long way of saying I, I think Russell Wilson is the best piece in this deal he has the most upside he has multiple years left where he could still be um, a borderline elite quarterback and I think for most of us that are in, yeah, this is a super flex lead that to Utah is talking about here. You can't pass that up. Uh, hey, and, and if you if you would have went the other way, if you would have went with the majority, I mean, I, I would have loved to have heard the reasoning behind it. And listen, Russell Wilson is such a projection. Because like we kind of know what Kirk Cousins is in this Minnesota Vikings offense. We know what he's going to be. He's always going to be hanging around that 12, 13, 14 range. It's what he does every year. And I love Kirk Cousins. But we're just like looking at the potential of what the, uh, the Denver Broncos offense can be. You have Russ as the trigger man. You have Jerry Judy. You have Corlin Sutton. You have Tim Patrick. I mean, they got K.J. Hamler in, in the event that one of those guys gets injured. You have Albert O, who is an athletic tight end that we've seen some some flashes from. Then you get into the back, you know, you get into the backfield. You know, they have Javante and Melvin Gordon again, which, you know, was very good for them last year. They have uh, made some upgrades on the offensive line. I mean, that offensive side of the ball is like pretty stacked. And we love Kirk Cousins. And, yes, he has Justin Jefferson, who is better than any of the players that I named on the Broncos' side. They have Dalvin Cook, who is a really good player, too. But it's kind of like Adam Thielen, who we talked about earlier. We like Adam Thielen, but you know, that's a third, you know, that's kind of a question mark with age and you know, durability. Irv Smith, question with durability. I think we still love the talent, but we gotta see the dude actually play some ball. 
you know, there's there the offensive line is, uh, you know, there's a lot more questions for Kirk Cousins than there are for Russ, and I, that just, I mean. I wouldn't be shocked to see Russ as a top three quarterback this year. I'm not saying he will be, but would you be shocked at the end of the season if Russ is QB three in that division? So who's, I mean, the, look, who's the odd man out between Mahomes, Herbert, and Allen then? I mean, probably Mahomes. I mean, you lose Tyreek. <laughs> and listen, this is just saying – I wouldn't be surprised to see it. I'm not saying this is my rankings. This is what I think is going to happen at the end of the season. But there's there's not an implausible situation where, you know, Tyreek did a lot of things for that offense. He's not there. They don't have a guy that can replicate what he can do. And it falls off a little bit. I mean, you know, we people were scoffing earlier in the offseason when in a super flex league, a lot of people, uh, you know, friend of the show, Lindellians was like, yeah, I'm taking Josh Allen 101 in every super flex league I'm in. And people are like, but what about Patrick Mahomes? And, you know, then, then everyone started, you know, talking about the stat. Well, you know, Josh Allen has been the QB one for two straight years. Right. So yes, he like, has. Hey, and I think, I think he has a very real shot to do it again uh, for three years in a row. But I mean, the the quarterbacks like it, just in the AFC is, is it's just unreal, wild. You have, I mean, you have Herbert and Russ in the same division with Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, who's a very good quarterback, is like the scrub in that division. Because the other three guys are are so high up the list, you know, Deshaun Watson is in the AFC now. You still obviously have Josh Allen in the AFC, and it's just like, like, I mean, literally the top five could be all AFC quarterbacks this year mm-hmm. without even blinking. Yeah, without getting to a guy like Burrow who has ridiculous weapons. Burrow, I mean, it's just like you turn around and every t- like. Lamar, if Lamar is healthy and he does what he did in his MVP season, just combines that passing with that rushing, like he could be in the top five. <laughs> you just you look around and you're like, man, where does it end? Like, where do these quarterbacks stop? It's just week after week after week of just getting beat over the head with, with quarterbacks. So, um, yeah, so... I listen, all the people that are gonna come at me, you're dumb. Russell Wilson isn't gonna be a top three quarterback. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if the end of the, if week 17, 2022 is here and you look on whatever site you look on, oh, there's there's Russell Wilson, QB three. You're not gonna fall out of your chair. You know, if I said Trevor Lawrence is gonna be QB three, that would make you fall out of your chair. That would be like, wait a minute, dude, you're you're crazy. There's there's no path for that to happen. That's not the case with Russell Wilson. Like there's a definite path where with his weapons and his ability, and it seems like now maybe competent coaching in Denver, 
that he can get there. And I, that's really more of what I'm saying as opposed to saying like, it's a lock, you know, put it, you know, put it down. He's QB three. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I just you know, got to over explain these things sometimes. Cause you know, then the people go, hey, I listen to your show and I, I got a, I got a bone to pick with you. And like, calm down. I was just saying we wouldn't be surprised. Hey, it's okay. Rocky came on here and said, Jalen hurts is Josh Allen. So, we, we love all We've, the takes. We have heard that. That that is that is on record. Rocky the of of trade addicts fame of you know just multiple podcasts that he's on. He hosts Dynasty Game Night. He's everywhere. Said Jalen Hurts is Josh Allen. And uh like I said, I'll I'll plug the uh I'll plug the uh, commissioner evaluation podcast one more time because, you know, the, the Eagles fan that came in from the NFC East, uh, he has something to say about Jalen Hurts. And I, you know, I think I, he's trying to trade him. He's just pumping I, his value up. You know, he, well, he's a fan. That's the problem. He, <laughs> he, and when I brought statistics into the, into the situation when talking about why Dak Prescott is better, you know, we had to get into, well, you know, if his accuracy increases and you and listen, if my accuracy increases, I can be an NFL quarterback, but guess what? It's probably not happening for me either. So we gotta, we gotta live with what Jalen hurts is, which is a guy who's going to get you a ton of fantasy points with his legs and his arm. Eh, he'll, he'll give you a week or two where that's a thing that happens, but you know, unless he takes the Josh Allen year three massive leap and, and listen, a lot of people tie that massive leap to Stephon Diggs being traded to the team. Maybe AJ Green is that guy for for Jalen Hurts. But see if that bromance also flourishes. Um, I think there's going to be a bromance with the Eagles when they uh, they're packaging their multiple first round picks to try to get up to take well these studs that we think are going to come out in 2023. That's where the bromance really starts. But all right, Drew, man, we. We knocked this one out of the park. I felt like I felt like that was a really good show. Argue a little bit, which is always fun. Love the love the uh, the back and forth, the banter, high energy. You came, you you had you had high energy, and you came uh, rushing straight from work. So I I I got to give you your props on that because you uh, you could have just kind of slumped back in the chair and said, oh, dude, I just got out of work, man. I'm trying to relax." But you came high energy. I feel like for whatever reason, I have a bunch of energy too. Love it. So, so that's always a good thing when we're both high energy and we're both knocking out of the park. And uh, Lindsay, uh, appreciate you. You're an SFB 12. So like I, I always say to Lindsay, listen, when you win the thing, she was close last year, by the way. She was so real close. close. We're going to have her. She's, it's going to be the first show, show she does. We got the exclusive rights. We got the contract signed, sealed, delivered. When she wins it this year, she's going to come on the timeline. Lindsay, I appreciate you, and I appreciate everybody in the chat, man. Chat was great. We had so many people come through. Trey asked questions. Uh, Steve, Dennis, making fun of me and asking a question. <laughs> um, we. It's just great. I love when I see people coming in and out, asking questions, talking to each other, chatting. Remember, if you um, 
if you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the bell, hit like, leave a comment. All of that stuff is is awesome. We love seeing it. Uh, if you're doing the podcast thing, because listen, Wednesday night at nine o'clock or as between Drew and I, we're starting to become more like the open bar. We're starting to do nine-ish. Um, you know, it's hard for some people. We all have lives. And you're doing the podcast thing. Appreciate you guys, too. Because you could literally be spending uh, an hour, 15 minutes doing anything else, literally anything else. And you decided to listen to us. And we appreciate that. Um, if you are uh, listening to us, Make sure you hit subscribe in case you just kind of tripped and fell into our podcast. And if you uh, leave a subscribe, that'd be awesome too. So um, in that case, Drew, let us get out of here. Late. <laughs>